basket of knowledge to nurture and nourish the haora, the well-being of the community and voluntary sector. It is a collection of taonga treasures, including wānanga, podcasts and videos that will support you, your whānau and your community. We have the wonderful Fule Finau joining us this morning. Uh, so Fule, could you please introduce yourself? Uh, thank you, team. Malo lele to you all. Uh, my name is Fule Finau. Full name is Dalek Fole Fole, we have been now, but most people know me by half of my second name, which is Fole. Um, I'm uh, Aotearoa born Tongan, spent a lot of my younger years in Tonga and then came back here for third form. From Tonga, I hail from Maofanga, which is close to the central Tonga Tapu, um, and Masila Mea, which is in the, the western district of Tonga Tapu. And if you happen to go to Tonga, there's only one place of traffic lights, and that's Masila Man, so you'll know <laughs> that um, that's where I'm from when you see the traffic lights. As for living in Aotearoa, um, I live, uh, work, and reside in Henderson in West Auckland under the gaze of Tewa Nui o Tiriwa. Um, so really grateful to be here, and and because of that, I just want to acknowledge um, Te Kawarau Amaki, who are the mana whenua of um, this this part of Aotearoa, which I now call home. So, yeah, thank you for this opportunity to have this Aranoa. Can you tell us, Fale, uh, a bit about your background, a bit about the mahi that you're currently doing? So at the moment, I'm, I'm at Auckland Council. Um, I sit in the Community and Social Innovation Unit. And within that unit, there's uh, a couple of teams. And some of you might have heard of the Southern Initiative. There are much larger and, and older sister but we are the Western Initiative, so pretty much the equivalent of the Southern Initiative, but but in West Auckland. Um, we were established in 2019, I think it was, and um, because we are much smaller, um, we have a, a very clear brief um, in terms of our work, which is our purpose is to, to demonstrate innovative uh, economic development initiatives that are just, inclusive, um, circular and regenerative, across the, the West Auckland sub-region and um, our remit is to focus on population groups um, most at risk of entrenched and poor economic outcomes and inevitably that means most of our Māori and, and Pacifica communities. Nice. So um, part of our conversation or our kōrero today is around, you know, thank you for sharing what you do within your mahi and uh, clearly you're uh, in the space of looking after many. So I think this is a bit more of an inward focus on you fully. Um, so just to start off our partai uh, today, um, our first question, our first partai was kind of what are the sorts of holder challenges that you've seen in your career and in the mahi that you do? So a bit of context about myself. So I, I, I view myself as a very privileged, fortunate Tongan. Mum and dad did some really hard yards. And so my starting line was 
much further ahead than than a lot of my family and my community. So, as as I'm speaking to, you, I'm I'm speaking from a very privileged position, and and I don't um, profess to 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 say that I know what it's like for for most of our community. But in saying that, again, growing up, it was drilled into us that when you're fortunate, don't let that go to waste because you have to lift your community up at the same time. Mm. Regardless of the spaces and places you are, um, whatever the work you do, you have to lift up your community. So that was drilled into us as, uh, from a very young age. And, you know, always remember the, the endless fonos and whakatahas, dalanoas that, that mom and dad used to take us around. And reflecting back now, so grateful for it. But at the time, just so over it. At the same time, also so over it at the time. So um, that that's where, where I come from. So I, I just want to be clear that my heart is with the community, but my challenges aren't necessarily the same as my community. And I'm very proud to say that because mom and dad did the hard yards mm. so that I didn't have to. But they made sure that we, we always walk forward, but not on our own that we have to do whatever it is we need to do to lift up our community at the same time. So that means that we end up getting getting involved in in things across the community, not because we're, we know better or uh, we're trying to save our community. It's just because that's what you do as, as, a, as a privileged Tongan, you got to lift up your community because why, why succeed when, when your community aren't, it just feels off. Um, so that was built into us, and because of where I'm coming from and the pull, I guess, and the responsibility I feel to, to do what I need to do to lift up my community, that does mean you get pulled a whole lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's difficult to manage because there's so much to do. And you, you don't want to be an expert, but you want to help. And you don't want to go into spaces and places saying you know better, but you want to help. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... So for me, that that's really just um, when I lean into the community work, it's, you know, how can I best help? Go and wash the dishes? Okay, cool. I'll do that. You know, or if it's actually don't wash the dishes, go and find us some money. Okay, cool. I'll do that. You know, so, so for me, it's, it's just go wherever you're most useful, which can be a little bit difficult at times because of the platform, I guess, mom and dad have created for, for me in terms of the hard work they did. So there's this this, this sort of expectation that you're, mm-hmm. you you need to be at a, a different level, I suppose, of uh, leadership. And yeah, I, I must say I struggle with that a lot. I just want to do what it is I need to do. And I, you know, I don't have to lead. I don't have to do all that sort of stuff. I just want to help however it is I need to help. So I feel like I'm going off a bit here, but that that's um, this gives you a better idea of, of where my thinking comes from and, and, a, and a lot around the responsibilities I feel because of my privileged position that I feel so. And how do you find rest in there, Fole? Because that's a that's a really huge mandate, sense of responsibility, you know, this incredible motivation and drive that you have to give back to your community. That's a journey. That's a definite journey for me. I haven't I haven't found a good balance or equilibrium yet. So it, it concerns me because as as you when I grew up you know, we were, we were all over the place with mum and dad in terms of their community work. So I actually experienced it and I, I, I resented it mm. for, for a long time because it was like, well, you know, the community get mum and dad, but I don't. I don't get them as much. So I, I felt that a lot growing up. And so for, for a period there, I just didn't want to be involved in it. Just like, nah, you know, like 
geez, you know, I, I didn't get mum and dad. But again, you grow up, you mature, you know, you, you become really aware of your of your privilege. And you, you, you know, those teachings start sinking in from mum and dad and you think, actually, no, you, you need to do more. Um, because again, you need to lift up your community. So as I journey my way through community work, I'm forever unpacking myself and, and saying that, ah, you know, am I giving my daughters, my wife, mm. you know, my mom, my sisters, my nieces, my nephews, am I giving them that energy and that, that love and that respect and that time? You know, and just time, am I giving them that headspace? So I haven't found the right balance yet, but what I am very cognizant of is that I need to keep unpacking it. Like I need to find those opportunities. I need to say no to a whole lot of things. And what helps me a lot is, is talking to my family. My best and scariest critics are, are my are my mum and my sisters. Unfortunately, my father's passed away, but they were, they're my best critics. They'll rip the band-aid off. And that, that is very, you know, I'm very fortunate to have that. And they help me navigate what does that look like? Because they will say to me, you know, you're you're a bit much over there. Like, can you calm down a bit and just, you know, pop your head a bit there? You know, I think you're, you're being a bit too big for your boots. So you just calm down, um, you know, refocus. You know, are you looking after your family? Cool. Okay. You got enough energy to look after your community. Okay. You, you do that. And like I said, it's, it's forever changing on the how-to. So I can't give a how-to. What I do know is one, one of the biggest steps is, you need to have that support network that allows, that really allows you to unpack it. You know, unpack it with some real intent, but also real genuine feedback and, and genuine Dalanoa built in with it. So I guess having experienced it too, as a kid with parents who are heavily involved in the community, you know, that sort of motivates me too, because I was like, oh, I don't want that. I don't want that for my daughters. But sometimes I'll commit to some community work you know like i said if it's just doing the dishes actually that's much easier for me i'm just going to do the dishes because you know i can do that um and then my headspace is not taking up too much and then i can focus on family so no silver bullet from me i just know that you need really strong support to be able to unpack it and also you know give you a clip around the ears sometimes <laughs> when when you need it because it always comes from a good place when you've got that really solid support network so and again, you see the signs are everywhere. You know, you got to be you got to be mindful mm. of those signs. You know, like, oh, what you got a netball game today? I didn't even know. You know, so it's like, oh, come on, man. You know, how did you not know about that? How did you not put that in your calendar to make sure that you go to it? You know, so there's there's enough signs there for you to see that. But it's really helpful to have that really solid um, support system that can highlight those blind spots for you. Because when you're deep in the community work, you just you know you're in it, and it's it's very hard to look up. It's very hard to to share headspace, share time, share everything. But if you have that solid network, they'll just say, you know what, <laughs> just back it up a bit there, focus on your family because, again, you know what it feels like and you, you, you don't want to, um, I'm not going to say pass on that trauma, but you don't want to pass on that feeling and, and that sort of way of life to your kids and for me, for my daughters. And for me, it's not about I'm going to expect them to do the same thing when they get older. Um, I just want them to see, you know, what values look like when you live your values. And that means you got to give to your community, but you got to also look after your family. And there's, uh, there's this tension there. But if you have that solid support system, you know, they'll help you unpack that and they'll help you guide through that, you know, that journey. And I'm still going through it now. And to be honest, sometimes when I see some of our community leaders, I literally can't believe that they're across so many things. And, and I, 
I applaud them and I thank them and I'm so grateful for them. But at the same time, I'm also like, man, like you've got family, but you know, I, I, I see you're doing this and then you're doing that. And you know, and then I'm like, you've got families and, and I worry, you know, sometimes I, I worry about that, that our community itself are expecting too much of our leaders mm. um, and leaning too much on our leaders and our leaders actually, they, they need a bit of time and space to just chill you know, to, to not be involved in some stuff. But at the same time, maybe there's a better forum to help them unpack what the leadership looks like and how do we let go of that leadership better? You know, how do we trust more for our young people, for, for others to just, you know, you're good. You've got this. You, you can take over. I'll do the dishes now and, and, and you go and and talk to the funders or the minister or whatever. You know, you, you do that. A lot of, of, of my family and my community, it's about the daily bread. And and if it's about the daily bread, you can't, you know, you can't think about all this other stuff. And so again, there's the tension. If they can't if they don't have the time and space to think about it, then we do it. If we do have the time and space to think about it. But at the same time, it takes a lot of time and space. <laughs> um so how do you, you know, again, how do you balance it all out with, with trying to raise a family? Um, and make sure you're looking after your your commitment to the home at the same time. So I was just um, reflecting actually as you were speaking that um, you know as Polynesian, you, you know you're Tongan, um, I'm Māori. This expectation of the of our tupuna of our ancestors that have come before us, and knowing the legacy that we want to leave for the generations to come, and I think that that's one of the challenges that we face and it's around that expectation of this of this moment and this time now and knowing that our parents, you know, have given so much and worked so hard and really had quite kind of what we would have been classed once upon a time as blue collar kind of roles and now this expectation of us to elevate ourselves and by elevating ourselves actually at the heart of everything is our whānau and our community and I found it really interesting when we pose that kind of question to, you know, Fano, who are of Polynesian Maori descent, and in your in your case, Tongan descent. It's really difficult for us to have that conversation about what we do for ourselves, because we're always thinking tato tato, you, us, all of us. So, and our typical kind of go-to response is Fano we will talk about our whānau because it's such a part of who we are, you know. And I'm just to really kind of get a little bit more kind of, I don't know, nitty-gritty about you fully, you know, in terms of your own hauora journey and, you know, and thank you for, for being vulnerable and talking to us around the things that, you know, your reflection process that you have. What do you feel that some of the strengths are of your hauora and then again what some of your challenges are? I think you've probably spoken to your challenges what are your strengths? You know, what are your pūmanawa? What are your superpowers and your puking and your skills that you bring to you? And it would be really good to hear about you. And I know that that's a difficult question to ask, but... Oh, yeah, tough one. Never like to talk about yourself. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I know. It's very difficult. A large part of, of um, my upbringing taught me one really important thing that, that mum and dad have often touched on, whether it's explicit or not, but you have to be really confident in in what you know, but also what you don't know. And that's okay. And by that, I mean, I'm, I'm not an expert 
in a whole lot of things, or I might not even be an expert in anything. Owning that is a good thing. But then when you lean into spaces and places, you know, whether it's work or community, you're always off that learning mindset. It becomes innate in the way you work. So you, you never go into a space feeling like you know better. Um, you're always trying to learn about what whatever it is you're leaning into. And so for me, that's an extra strength. You know, I know what I know and I know what I don't know. And I don't profess to know more than, than, than that. And it keeps me not only grounded, but it keeps me safe emotionally, but I feel like it keeps my family safe also because there's like this expectation when you're in different spaces and places that um, people can level with you, you know, that they can relate to you even if you haven't had the same experiences. They sort of know where your heart is. And, and that, I must say, is what I always think mom and dad were trying to teach us is that your heart is, mm. is where it's mm. at. Mm. you know so when when you go with that sort of mindset that you know what you know and and you know what you don't know it actually that's about revealing your heart and good or bad thing my heart does lead me in in pretty much everything I do for me that's that's the strength because I you know in a nice way I can cut through the crap pretty quickly because if it doesn't resonate with my heart I'm just like I know that that's off and that also gives me strength because you know strength to stand up you know Strength to be quiet, silence is a good thing. So just shut up. So it gives me strength to do to do what I need to do. And that that's comforting and I feel safe in that. But literally you're when you reveal your heart, you're you're trying to find a common ground to move forward together on on whatever it is, whatever it is you're working on. Sometimes that, that can come across as confrontational when stuff hits your heart, you know, you can't help but but sort of stand up. You know, that was the value that was embedded in me as a young person growing up and experiencing all the work that mum and dad did. So, um, you know, I know we said we're talking about me, but I, I can't help but, but yes. be so grateful for for what mum and dad set, set up for, for myself and my sisters and, and you know, my family now. And, and it'll be just um, going on and on. So my family know when I'm when I'm not sort of right and they'll say, Go for a paddle, you know. Don't stop paddling. I, I paddle. I paddle waka. You know, I'm I'm one of those waka armor paddlers that has all the gear, but I've got no idea what I'm doing. But that doesn't matter because I think my family recognise that that's one of those things that that just really just just helps me center myself. Just helps me sort of chill out and sort of takes away stuff from my from my head and helps me physically and stuff. So they'll. They'll often, you know, my family will often encourage me to, because they know me, say, actually, you know, you should, you know, don't stop paddling, keep keep paddling, you know, go for a paddle, or, or when when I say I, I need to go for a paddle, they'll give me that time, you know, when I want to go by myself and go for a paddle, I say, you know, yeah, all good, you know, go for a couple of hours, go paddle, but that's my support system and network being able to to recognize those signs when I don't too, and that's about them knowing me, sometimes better than I know myself. But that's because we're all of us sort of live by what I mentioned earlier. You know, I know what I know and I know what I don't know. So they can easily see, okay, he doesn't know right now. You 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 need some time out. I think there's a real power in those people who know us and love us and are close to us saying, hey, too much, right? Just take time out, go and do what it is that you need to do. You know, what you're talking about is get on the water, do something physical, get off the devices, uh, you know, just get back to nature 
um, you know, natural sounds, you know, without that kind of weight of community and mahi and the thousand things that you need to be doing and just to kind of step away and have time for you and also to place a value on that as well, that that's a really important central part of something for you that rejuvenates you and really gives you time on your own in the peace, you know, in nature, just to really kind of almost reconnect both with nature and with yourself as well. And, and I must say even that itself, or like being able to go for a pedal, I sometimes feel guilty, you know, because mm. I can afford a pedal. I can buy my own canoe. I have time, you know, that I can take out to go and do that. So even, you know, again, I'm, I'm on this, you know, it's a never-changing journey, but I'm, I'm grateful that I can do it, but I'm also sometimes you feel guilty that you can do it, you know, that you literally can access resources to do, to look after your well-being, you know. So even that in itself is, is somewhat of a, you know, it creates a bit of guilt because you know you can, and you, but you also know a lot of your community and family can't. So, you know, it's also one of those things too that I, I often... I, I try not to talk about it a lot, you know, depending on, you know, if I'm in the community, I try not to talk about it a lot that I can go for a paddle and stuff because I feel like if I do, I'm, I'm just adding, I guess I'm, I'm adding to the, to the, to the strength for my community because I'm, you know, I, I can't be there saying, you know, let's do whatever it needs to do. Um, I need some time. I'm going to go for a paddle and my community like sucks. Well, that's great for you. I can't do that, you know. So I'm, yeah. As you can hear, it's it's, it's this um, this tensions all over the place, and so how to how to navigate? Again, I haven't figured it out, but um, I do know that my support systems and and my way of being helps me a lot to keep going. It's really interesting because as you were speaking, I see, I was thinking, you know, from a Te Ao Māori or from a Pacific or Generally, a non-European perspective, we're often thinking about tato tato. You know, you, me, all of us, and this kind of being asked to think about ourselves is kind of more what I would consider a more of a Western kind of Eurocentric perspective, and that we are so heart-driven by our mahi, but also so whānau-driven. You know, as I said, we understand that there's a bigger picture at hand here. And like yourself, you know, I, I, I think of myself as coming from a, a position of privilege. And so it is difficult to have those conversations with Fano when you know that they are struggling with so much in their lives. If you didn't have, uh, I don't want to say wait, you know, what more would you do to nurture, if you had the time, if you had the space, if that kind of guilt was removed, and we'll, call, we'll just call it out, what more would you do in order to, to nurture your haora? Because I love that you go in the water. I love that you connect with the why, with the water, and you, you're out in the tile within the environment. If you could remove kind of that feeling or that expectation that we've placed on ourselves, what more would you do to nurture your well-being, your haora? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, that's a really hard one to think about, yes. being able to, I mean, even trying to, Think about removing it is, yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah. And I guess it comes back to what I was saying earlier. And I'm just so grateful to be able to even 
yes. talk like that. Mm. You know, like literally, mm. I'm sure most of my family can really can't. None of the, you know, that's that's like that's like waste time stuff. I mean, don't think yeah. that way. You just, you know, you need to make it happen and and you need to survive. So I'm just, yeah, to be able to unpack it is, is such a such a, you know, it's such a privileged thing to do, and I'm very grateful for it. What I would say, um, yeah, I'd, I'd be like a. I'd be like a stay-at-home dad, you know. I'd I'd yeah. just love to, you know. <laughs> I, I'd try and fit in cooking and 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 all that sort of stuff, but I'd I'd really just like to, yeah, look after my family. Mm. Um, literally that, just uh, stay-at-home dad or do enough work to be able to do every pickup and go to every school function, you know, get involved in in everything. Um, my kids are part of. And they probably wouldn't want that because, you know, too, too much of dad around is just never that fun. For me, it would probably be that, just, yeah, just fully immersed as a either stay-at-home dad or, or a part, part-time working dad, but just, yeah, be able to spend heaps of time with, with the girls and my wife and, you know, look after responsibilities to my nieces and nephews and sister and mom and, you know, that sort of thing would be, yes, you know, if you got paid to do that, that would be, <laughs> the idea of just get paid to look after everyone um i'd love to do that but yeah i know again and I'm, i find it difficult to talk that way because again you know that that sounds really cool but it, but at the same time you're also like man my my you know my water community my mm. my water family are yeah it they can't do that and you know it's really tough for them so I know I keep coming back there, but I, I do, like I said, I'm on this journey and it's, yes. you know, the, the tensions are there um, and it's it's hard to navigate, but I, I am so mindful and grateful that we can actually unpack it like we can now um, because when, you know, we need some thought leadership and we need some thought spaces to be able to unpack this stuff because if our, you know, if my kids are talking about this, or, or having the same answers to this, these sorts of questions when when they're my age, um, then yeah, we haven't really lifted our community up. Mm. Um, so, you know, at the same time, it's, it's a bit of a ticking. I mean, we talk about that personal care versus community care, and we're all so driven in the community and voluntary sector, you know, for our communities, those that we feel impassioned about uh, lifting up, about... Um, helping, getting alongside, advocating for, being a voice for, finding opportunities for them to have their own voice. You know, there's an endless kind of pool of, uh, of, of work and mahi to be done. But without us feeding ourselves, then there is not that opportunity to, to give that care for those people in our community. And uh, this is the constant challenge I think we all have as community leaders about um, how much do we give and then how much do we give to ourselves or our or our family, like our immediate family, our immediate whanau. I think, um, you know, it, it's really easy for them to kind of not come first because we get so uh, sort of embedded in the mahi that we're doing. But without giving to ourselves and giving in that space, we end up often burnt out, right, which can be really common. We see a lot in the community sector are people really tired and exhausted. And uh, and it's because that you, you just give and give and give, but how do you fill yourself back up? That's the challenge. And as you're saying as well, Foley, that is the constant competingness of the work that we do 
is uh, how much do you give out and how much do you give to yourself? And then that feels kind of selfish to actually be giving to yourself. And yet without that fill up of the wellspring, then you get to a sort of finite point, right? And we see people tip over, you know, tired. There's a whole spectrum of things that come when we don't we don't care for our physical being, for mm. our mental health, for our uh, spiritual health, for... Um, you know, our social and, um, you know, immediate well-being, then often that's what happens is that just becomes a kind of empty pool and that and that necessity to make sure that that's there. But it's really hard and, you know, you're talking about uh, people who love you pulling you up sometimes and saying things, hey, you know, you need to take a break. Uh, because sometimes when we're all immersed and embedded ourselves, we can't see it, right? We're just doing just doing the mahi. And, uh, you know, sometimes when you feel like you're really tired, but, oh, I've got to do this thing, I've got to go to this meeting, or I've got to deliver this something. And it's really helpful to have those people around us, but also to listen to what they're saying. Because it can be really easy to just say, oh, yes, but I'll just finish this thing. <laughs> and then, but, but you finish one thing, and then there's another thing already before you've even had time to kind of have have downtime. Yeah, it's been really fantastic um, hearing from you today, Foley, and and just hearing about the, the constant challenges. There's no black and white, right? So there's just a constant kind of uh, challenge to weigh up and to learn and to do things maybe differently and to adapt as we go. There's no sort of easy, simple solution. No, and I think that from uncomfortable spaces comes the greatest growth. And I think that... Um, our uncomfortable spaces actually when we do turn a bit of a spotlight on ourselves. And I just want to mihi to you fully for the contribution that you make to so many in your community, um, also to your whānau. Uh, we'd just like to mihi to them. Um, to mihi to you, brother, for the amazing mahi that you do. And we implore you all, or I implore you all, to take that time to nurture yourself, to look after yourself, because we are currently in a in a phase, I think, uh, right across the board of this kind of tiredness, that this overarching kind of feeling of tiredness. So, you know, I think it's really important that why we are caring for others that we to, and nurturing others, that we actually take the time to nurture us as well. So just big, huge mihi tiu, and thank you for your time today, for your kōrero, for your whakaaro, for your sharing. Uh, really, really appreciate it. So... Thank you so much. Thank you, and thank you so much for this opportunity. You've been listening to a Tato Tato podcast with Tuihana and Rochelle. Proudly brought to you by Huie Community Aotearoa, Volunteering New Zealand, Centre for Social Impact, and Wu Wellbeing. Tenakote, Tenarata Tato Katsua.